You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition, a Thursday edition of Locked On Tigers. I am your host, Scott Bentley. And we are recapping a 4-1 to Tigers loss at the hands of the Boston Red Sox. That happened last night. Before we get into it, got to let everybody know to take a trip over to Lockdown MLB. Join a walking baseball encyclopedia in Paul Francis Sullivan. Please just call him Sully every day on Lockdown MLB for a unique look at the majors, both past and present. Featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from the Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts, subscribe to Locked On MLB today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, not a very great game, to be completely honest with you. The offense was horrific. Erod for the Red Sox dominates the Detroit Tigers. Casey Mize goes out there. Um, Not the worst performance of his career, far from the best performance of his career, so... There we are. Really, the, the story of this one was just how bad the offense was. But let's go into the uh, pitching first. Let's go into uh, t- take a dive into all the people that, that went on the bump today. For starters, like we said, Casey Mize, five innings, seven ru- Sorry, geez. Five innings, seven hits, four runs, one walk, three strikeouts. Um, the, the big thing ha- all year really has been, he, he has, his strikeout numbers haven't been fantastic. They really haven't. And I've, I've had this conversation several times recently that, um, his, his strikeout numbers as I, I, I believe it's part of development, I guess is my point. I think that he is being taught how to induce weak contact. It is something that they're trying to develop. And it's something that will that will help his pitch count as well. Lower the pitch count. Don't have to nibble everything. When he first came up, he was doing that, trying to get everybody to chase everything and nibble the strike zone at, at all times and, and was not pounding the zone at all uh, last year. And, and as the season's gone on, he's gotten better and better and better about that, which is awesome. But that leads to uh, not a ton of strikeouts. So the strikeout numbers haven't been great. Personally, I don't care. Some people are, are running around saying that it's it's a big issue or whatever. I don't think it is. I think it's just where he's currently at in his development is that. And I think once he puts those two together, once he puts the the inducing weak contact Casey Mize and, and he mixes that version of himself with the uh, the the swing and miss, you know, strikeout dog that that we had in uh, in all the minors and college and and whatever. Um, once those two kind of kind of formulate and and merge together, we're gonna have a hell of a pitcher on our hands because he's gonna be able to get you out any way he wants. So personally, I am not worried about the low strikeout numbers at all. At all, I know a lot of people. Not, not, I shouldn't say a lot. Quite a few people are and are pretty vocal about it. So I just want to throw my my two cents in there. Only one walk, always good. Seven hits and uh, and, and the four earned runs. And one of the hit three, how many hits were homers? Three, right? JD, Kike, and Duran. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I was literally at this game, so I should probably know that uh, a little bit better off the top of my head. But 
Uh, yeah, the ball was flying around the yard. He gave up. Uh, there it is. Three doubles, a triple, three homers. So not great. Certainly not great. And and that's the thing, man. When you're in this developmental stage of trying to learn what pitches induce weak contact and the in the location of all of them, and, and especially when you're a splitter pitcher like that, the splitter can be so useful for swing and misses like we saw. Or at, we've seen at points really throughout his entire career, but especially last year when he first came up. But this year it's been... Uh, it's been a lot, I don't want to say a lot more of, but it's been, he's used it to induce ground ball and weak ground balls, or, or even people get under them and, and routine kind of pop outs in the infield as well. Um, so I, I think that, I think that it's just important, like these games are going to happen as he continues to, do, to take that development path and, and learn what works and what doesn't. And, and also we just got to realize this Red Sox lineup is damn good. This is a damn good ball club over there in Boston. Uh, until a week ago, they had been leading the AL East the entire season. Uh, a really, really good offense specifically. The The pitching staff is honestly not that good for the Red Sox, but their offense is so good that it compensates and makes up for kind of a, a weaker starting rotation. They also have a, a, a pretty, pretty damn good bullpen over there too. So... Even though uh, even though the stat line wasn't fantastic, I think this is a, a I'm this doesn't change anything. I'm not I'm not worried about anything with Mize, and uh, and I think that it's just part of development, and it's going to happen, and it's another step that he's going to take, and and once he gets over that hump, he's going to be phenomenal. So not not too worried about it, even though the the box score isn't the sexiest thing in the world. Derek Holland comes in. Uh, one and two thirds, three hits, no runs, four strikeouts. Uh, Derek Holland, the ERA is going down. His ERA is at seven fifty. This bullpen's so wild, man. There, there is, there is a very clear like, hey, we have four really good relievers and four like relievers we put in when we're losing, <laughs> right? Like, like you have the the Funkhauser, Cisnero, Fulmer, Soto kind of crew, and then you have like, like. Buck Farmer, Derek Holland, Joe Jimenez, you have like the other guys. And and that's no disrespect. That's just genuinely how this this bullpen's been managed. And and you can just honestly you can just take a look at all these guys' ERAs and just figure out like if your ERA is over six, you're on the you're you're part of the bullpen that that comes out when when we're losing a ball game. And if your ERA is under that, you're you're on the uh, you're on more of the hey we have a lead we're trying to protect it bullpen so but to their credit bullpen didn't give up a single run this game which is always always good especially when like I said when you're not throwing out your your best relievers and yet they still keep you in the game and, and don't give up any runs that's uh, that's awesome so so big ups to Derek Holland Buck Farmer and Joe Jimenez Buck with one and a third one hit no runs one walk two strikeouts. Buck's stuff looked pretty good today, too. That breaking ball looked pretty nice. And then Joe Jimenez, one clean inning there. No hits, no walks, no runs, and a strikeout on 11 pitches. Joe is uh, Joe's one of the only ones that will kind of cross over into both. Jimenez is kind of one of the only guys that you can uh, – he, he will – he will be utilized uh, in in games that we are winning, uh, especially if if one of the 
big four relievers, like just pitch the day before or whatever, like he will kind of trickle his way into, into slightly bigger roles. Uh, but he also is still clearly one of the guys that's kind of used in when we're, when we're out of games as well. So, uh, but again, like I said, big, uh, big shot to the bullpen didn't go up a single run. That's always awesome. So that's, uh, that's the pitching performances, four runs, all of them to, to Mize, um, gave up a lot of contact period and a lot of hard contact. So, um, like I, I already said my two cents on it. We don't need to keep, I don't need to keep repeating myself over and over, but, um, so that is the, uh, the pitching performances. Let's get into the offense here a little bit, but first I got to talk to everybody about our friends over at Freshly. Dinner time can be chaotic, but with Freshly, it's easy. Their chefs can take care of your meals a few nights a week and take the pressure off of you. We're all trying to get in shape and eat right. Freshly can help. Their delicious meals are designed by nutritionists and cooked by chefs, making it easier to eat better. Stressed, tired, just don't feel like cooking. Food that's fast doesn't have to be fast food. Freshly offers quality meals without the hard work of preparing, cooking, and cleaning. Freshly offers chef-made, nutrient-packed, delicious meals delivered fresh to your door. No cooking required. Grocery shopping and cooking can be a pain, especially right now. And with Freshly, you don't have to. Your meals arrive freshly cooked every week, so you can keep the fridge stocked and skip the trip to the store. Ordering's easy. Visit Freshly.com and choose from over 30 delicious, satisfying, better-for-you meals like steak peppercorn, sausage, baked penne, or their chicken pesto bowl. Freshly can fit your lifestyle with a variety of plans, meals to pick from what pick from things that work. Given your dietary needs, preferences, taste, whatever, family, size, it doesn't matter. They got you covered. And now listeners can try Freshly for just $6.16 per meal. Stop searching the internet for healthy food near me every night and just start living Freshly. Right now, Freshly is offering listeners $40 off your first two orders when you go to Freshly.com slash locked on. So stop stressing about dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash locked on for $40 off your first two orders. That's Freshly.com slash locked on for $40 off. Your first two orders. Then I got to talk to everybody about our friends over at rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and miles, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or intimidating questioning and wait while a person behind the counter orders parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers. You have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to send 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? It doesn't make sense. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and now even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, and write locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, everybody. We are back here for segment two of Locked on Tigers. Um... Let's get into this offense. This might not be a very long segment because uh, it was for real, like garbage. <laughs> the offense was 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 pu, not good this evening. 
Uh, we struck out a lot. A lot, a lot. They're pitching Erod 10Ks. And then their bullpen between four Barnes out of Elo, Taylor, Suwarma, two, four, six, eight. That is 18 strikeouts for your Detroit Tigers offense. Akil Badu, 0 for 5 with 4Ks. Every single person struck out. Every single person that played, the pinch hitters included, every single person that played tonight struck out at least once. Akil Badu, 0 for 5 with 4Ks. Scope goes 2 for 3 with a homer and a K. Grossman, 1 for 3 with a walk and 2Ks. Miguel Cabrera, 1 for 4 with a K. Haas, 0 for 4 with 2Ks. Candelario, 1 for 3 with a walk and a K. Grinder, 0 for 3 with 2Ks. Willie Castro, 0 for 1 with a strikeout. Zach Short, uh, 0 for 1 with two walks and a strikeout. Harold Castro, 0 for 1 with a strikeout. Derek Hill, 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. That is pitiful. That is embarrassing. And I think that these are just the games that that we have to remember. We, we, these, are the, these are the nice reminders, right, of the games that like, hey, man, um, this roster still isn't very good. And the coaching staff's phenomenal. And we're heading in a good direction. And, and we could make a big splash this offseason and really put ourselves in a good position to have a good roster next year. But this roster is still not good. And it's night like these that, uh, that remind you of that. For real. Just a, a brutal night. And, and like, I don't need, like, what do I even analyze? We, we had one, two, three, four, five. We, we had five hits and, and 18 strikeouts as an offense. What am I supposed to analyze here? Willie Castro came in to pinch hit for Grayson Griner. That's, I mean, that's just like the the deepest depths of the low. Willie Castro pinch hitting for Grayson Griner. That is a sentence I, I never want to hear again after this season. Truly. Unbelievable. Um, Harold Castro, usually he's good to at least put the ball in play. He got a strikeout. Derek hit, I mean... <laughs> I truly don't know. I don't, I don't know what to break down here. Scopey with the homer. Um, I guess we can just talk about Miggy, man. The, the ballpark's electric. I was down there last night uh, for this game. Every time he comes up to the plate, it's a standing ovation. Everyone pulls their phones out. Um, he's he's the man. He's the man in the city. He's the man in the arena. And uh, it's it's every single time he comes up to the plate, it's absolutely electric. And that's that's so fun, man. It's so fun. It's something, even if we're not winning games, it's a feeling that this ballpark hasn't had in, in years, man. Years. So it's so nice to uh, to be able to, to just have those moments, even if they are whatever. He ends up grounding out to the pitcher. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, who cares? And, that, man, like, everybody's always got to, got to, ruin something and then complain about something and people are like oh he's not as good as he used to be why are we doing this bro just let people have fun man jeez stop being a grouch just let people have fun it's not that big of a deal for other people to enjoy life sometimes you know jeez people have fun people come to the ballpark because of it the closer he gets to those milestones he i mean we're already seeing people f- fleeing flocking 
to go buy tickets uh, because he's two away, and uh, it's awesome, man. It's awesome. Let people have fun. And then everybody's going to the, the numbers during the game and after the game and and, uh, and taking pictures with the with the numbers and stuff and it's it's just awesome. It's a fun it's a fun time to be down at the park. Every time he comes up to the plate it's fun. And when he hits five hundo, man, I, it, it's gonna be awesome. He's probably gonna hit it on the road. Just because that's that's how it works. <laughs> But I, who cares? It's awesome. It's fun. Let people have fun. Uh, Akil Badu, really rough night. Um, 0 for 5 with 4Ks. Wasn't even, like, pounded with uh, with lefties. Just, like, didn't have it. I don't know, man. Again, like, like what am I supposed to... What am I... Like, Erod is a lefty. So he did get the... get Like, he got the start... Against a lefty, okay? But, like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like, I'm, I'm truly grabbing at straws here. I guess this probably isn't great. Um, this probably isn't great, like, podcasting because I, I don't know how to analyze a game with with 18 strikeouts and one run squared. I mean, every time we came up to the plate, it was so quiet if Miggy wasn't wasn't batting. We, we didn't get on base. We didn't. We didn't do it. It was just. It was just strikeout after strikeout after strikeout. It wasn't great. We didn't really even threaten. I think we had a man on third at one point. I think Scopey might have got to third at one point. I don't know. It wasn't great. I, I'm gonna stop rambling. Just not a lot to take out from the offensive performance this game, except for the fact that I guess maybe this whole lineup isn't very good against lefties. Kinda. That's not even like true though. I mean, we have several switch hitters. I don't know, man. Screw it. Whatever. Not a good day at the office. Hopefully we get back on the horse tomorrow. That's all there is to it. This is, this is just a game as a coach. You're like, all right, we play 162 of these. We're just not going to look at this one. You know, we can ignore a game <laughs> and it's okay. Uh, all right. I've rambled enough about, about this. I, I don't know what else, how, how else I'm supposed to go more in depth. So, so we're just going to move on from the offense. On the other side, we'll t- get into uh, our throwback Thursday. But first, I got to talk to everybody about betonline.ag. Betonline is the fast and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline to get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and even your UFC and MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline, your laptop or mobile device, and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, contest information that there is. Don't send the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device, sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKDOWN. It's promo code LOCKDOWN for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, everybody, we are back here for another edition of Throwback Thursday. This one's a fun one. This one, uh, this is was growing up one of my favorite Tigers uh, that there were. One of one of my favorites. Um, all right, let's let's just get right into it. Okay, so we're gonna start with what do I start with? He is currently a coach at the MLB level. For a division rival. Okay. For those who follow me on Twitter. 
last uh, last time we played this team, I was like, oh my gosh, this dude, this dude is their their third base coach. What? It got me. It got me so hyped. Uh, I'm I'm sad that he's on this division rival though. So he's currently a coach for a division rival. Like I said, I believe a uh, at least for the game that we played him or the series we played him, he was standing in at third base coach. I don't know if that's like his actual gig over there or what, but but that is uh, that that is what he was doing then. He is 48. MLB debut April 24th, 1999 for the New York Mets. Last MLB appearance September 28th. 2006 for your Detroit Tigers. Um, okay, so he was, I don't even want to say his position because I feel like that would give away like a lot because like that era, they're really, we all, like he was really, oh, okay. He, so he was, he was a backup. Okay. He was not an everyday starter. He was a backup for, um, for, he was a backup for a position where we had an all-star at. So it was not like he was going out there playing 100 games a year, and he had his own injury problems there at the end as well. But uh, he was the backup for for a position in which that 06 team and, and those couple years before that had an all-star at his position. Okay, So uh, just starting his career, uh, All-American in college, selected with the in the 44th round. Of the 1993 MLB draft. Signed with the New York Mets after finishing his college career. After five injury-riddled seasons within the Mets minor league system, he was traded. He made his major league debut in 1999 as a defensive replacement. And then immediately gets sent down. Uh, Not great. Certainly not great. Uh, but but then he's uh, he's in the Mets system, so he played he, after the that 1999 season. He came back up and actually played relatively regularly with the Mets in 2001. But then the Mets, uh, you know, they had a guy named. Okay, I'm just gonna say the position. Okay, he was a catcher. They had a guy named Mike Piazza. So this guy was not getting a ton of love and a ton of PT. Back there behind the dish, playing behind Mike Piazza. Okay, he was an occasional spot starter, whatever. Um, but he was—he uh, was—he did have a cannon, and he was a good kind of defensive replacement late in games. Um, not too many people. He had, he had pretty good uh, numbers. One of the best for opponent stolen base percentage. He had an absolute cannon, good pop time, threw a lot of dudes out. That was kind of his thing. So in uh, in two thousand three. Career high 96 games for the Mets in 2003. Career high 96 games. Then he gets more injuries at the end of that season, and he is traded to the Tigers for second baseman Anderson Hernandez on January 5th, 2005. Okay. He is now a Tiger, and he's now backing up Pudge Rodriguez. (laughs) He goes from backing up Mike Piazza to backing up Pudge Rodriguez. Um, he uh, he played 22 games in 2005. Uh, Pudge had some a couple of IL stints there. Started out 2006, obviously on the bench behind Pudge. And uh, then during the summer, he signs a two-year extension. Okay, And I remember having this conversation with my parents so much because I was so confused. So as you all are aware... 
I and I have brought it multiple times. I keep score at like every game I go to, right? And and I started doing that when I was a in elementary school, when I was a ch- like like literally six seven years old, because I I was a weirdo, and still am. Okay, and I, I on the scorecards it has the entire roster, and I remember in like two thousand eight, being like yo. Dad, why is this dude still on the roster? He has not played a baseball game in two years. And him having to try to explain to me, yes, he's been injured literally for two straight years. He tore a muscle in his right forearm during the last week of spring training in 2007. Missed the entire season. Actually needed Tommy John surgery as a catcher. So missed all of 2007. And then also missed all of 2008. In his rehab, he had another injury. And then, so that, that was the end of his Tigers career, finally, after 2008. But he had to explain to me at, like, 7, or, eight, well, 2008, I guess it would have been 10. He was like, yeah, he's technically still under contract and still on the team. He's literally been hurt for two years, Scotty. And I was like, "That's that was unfathomable to me, right? That was the first time I had really ever grasped the concept of of that, of someone being on the roster but hurt for, like, two years, now, it was, that was this guy was really the, the person that opened up that that like the fact that that's a thing <laughs> it was really opened up to by uh, by him. So after also I always tweak myself out and I'm like I feel like sometimes I may have accidentally said his name and I always freak myself out and I'm like oh my gosh did I have to accidentally say his name I think I've been good this time but but I always freak myself out because of that. So. Uh, after 2008, he is traded to, uh, or Pudge is traded to the New York Yankees, right? In 2008, we all remember that devastating for, for what's his face, Kyle Farnsworth. Um, and so now we trade away Pudge while Vance Wilson was hurt and Brandon Inge had to go back behind the dish. Then after 2008, Dude hadn't played a game in two years. We were like, all right, we're not extending you again, obviously. 2009, he signs a minor league deal with the Royals. And in, he plays a minor league season with them. And then in 2010, he opts out of his minor league deal and decides to retire. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Well, I mean, <laughs> act like I'm reading you a horror book. Um, in 2010, after he had retired... Right, So he retires April 1st, 2010, October 29th, 2010. He's named the manager of the Royals single-A affiliate. That's fun. The rookie season had a pretty good year. Before 2012, he's named the manager of the Wilmington Blue Rockets in the Carolina League. And then he's promoted to the manager of the, the Arkansas Naturals. So he's moving up into, into the higher higher affiliates of the minor league system. Then in 2018, he's the bullpen coach. In 2019, he's the bullpen coach. And in 2020, he became the third base coach for the Kansas City Royals. And now this year, he's the third base coach for the Kansas City Royals. If you don't know, by now, now I, I will I will spill. I Again, this is like one of my favorite things to do. I love when people reach out. I feel like we haven't done one in a while too because draft season, I just want to get out all those draft profiles and, and talk about the draft so much that – feel like we haven't done it actually in a couple of weeks. So good to have Throwback Thursday back. This is, of course, Vance Wilson. One of my favorite Tigers ever. 
Anytime you can be listed as a defensive replacement for a first ballot Hall of Famer in Pudge Rodriguez, you're doing something right behind the dish there. And I love a good defensive catcher. I was a catcher growing up. Uh, uh, catching defense is is a lost art, and it's one of my favorite things in all the sports. And and so Vance Wilson was the first person really that that was the epitome of that. Just an absolute cannon would come in after you know, uh, not not all the you know it wasn't an every game thing, but if it was a close game there and Pudge had played a couple games in a row after Pudge's last at bat in like the seventh inning, we go all right, Vance, you get you get. Uh, you get the bottom of seven, eight, and nine, and just don't let anybody run on you. Don't let anybody steal steal second base. Don't let anybody get into scoring position. And he would do it, man. I'll be damned. So, uh, so Vance Wilson, big shout out to Vance Wilson, one of the first Tigers that. Uh, also, you'll find out I'm like weird. Like none of my favorite players ever are like superstars. All of my favorite players in any sport ever are all like those kind of players. I don't know. It's it's I'm I'm just a weirdo, but. Um, Vance Wilson, man, so happy that he's getting a coaching gig. Um, I, I hope that he becomes a manager one day. I think that'd be awesome. Just, uh, I love that man to death. All right. Thank you guys for playing. Thank you guys for listening. This has been another edition of locked on tigers. Thank you. It means a lot. I love you. Thank you for listening. Went to the game, saw some more people fun, fun time to be a tigers fan, baby. Even with this loss last night. I'll send you off on your way before I uh, I wrap up here. Got to tell everybody to listen to Locked on Bets. Betting on baseball, MLB, or just the Tigers. Doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. So get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you at betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. All right, that'll do it. Thank you for listening. Peace and love. Going to therapy is dope. And I will catch y'all tomorrow. Go Tigers, baby.